Hi everybody, my name is Michael Domingue and welcome to Strange Tales of Myth and Magic. In this podcast, we're going to explore mythology and magic and fairy tales and wives tales and maybe some snakes tales. We'll take a peek at some of the strange legends and stories throughout history and how they affected culture and how they affected me as an artist. So sit back and let me tell you a story. This week's episode, Pixies, Woodland Tricksters. Now, there's a fair amount of confusion as to what pixies are. Now, of course, I, I need to clarify, I'm not talking about the alt-rock band very popular in the, the 80s and 90s and all that stuff, the pixies, which I, I love the pixies, but we're not talking about those guys. Um, we're actually talking about sort of a supernatural being, little, little tiny folk, supernatural beings. But the problem is, is like when we talk about pixies, there's usually a fair amount of confusion. It's like, are they pixies? Are they the same thing as fairies? Are they the same thing as sprites? So one of the things we need to start off talking about is what's the difference? What is a pixie versus a fairy versus a sprite? Are they different? Are they the same? So let's delve into that first. So the basic difference between fairies and pixies are are this. So first off, um, fairies are small. Pixies are smaller. Fairies are elegant. Pixies are kind of earthy, a little grubby. Uh, Fairies are magical. Pixies are magical too, but a little bit less so. Now, fairies are said to be spawned by nature spirits, and so their devotion is to nature. Now, pixies are also devoted to nature, but they tend to actually um, relate to humans a little bit better than fairies do, because fairies can actually do some things that are good for humans, but they can also do some things that aren't so good. Like, for instance, you know, like fairies are known to have swapped children and put a changeling in place of an infant. So that's not so good. So um, pixies will sort of mess around with people, but they typically aren't going to do harm. They'll, They'll just sort of screw with people. And mostly that's just for their amusement. Now, in terms of sprites, sprites are a little bit different, but they typically the big difference is that sprites are water dwellers. Um, Pixies, on the other hand, pixies tend to live in the woodlands and, you know, they they live maybe by water, but not necessarily in the water. Sprites are typically water dwellers and and sprites, by and large, don't usually like to interact with people, whereas pixies do, even if it is just for a good joke. Now, fairies and pixies, by and large, do not get along. In fact, there are stories and legends about the war between the pixies and the fairies. And and really, it stems from pixies who lived in southern England. They had a sort of a a territory that they considered home, and the fairies started to move in. And then this violent battle raged on, and yay, the pixies won. They kicked the fairies' butt, and basically the Cornwall, Devon area of southern England is pixie country. Okay, so let me give you a physical description of pixies, just in case you're out in the woods and you come across something you want to know what a pixie looks like. Now, bear in mind, these stories have a wide variation of what a pixie looks like, okay? So, so I'll, give you a, I'll give you a range. Now, first off, pixies are small, as I'd mentioned. Um, they can fit in the palm of your hand or, or sort of rest under a mushroom to, for shade from the sun. Um, in other stories, they might be no taller, typically, than knee height. What about wings? Well, pixies have wings. Eh, 
but sometimes they don't. And in fact, some tales tell of how pixies once had wings and then lost their wings. Now, as for their attire, they typically are very earthy. I mean, rags, really, just very, very basic clothing. They don't put a lot of emphasis on how they dress. Um, Could be made of leaves and roots and that sort of thing. Or they could be naked. Nothing like sunbathing in the nude. Woohoo! Take it in the rays. Many accounts talk about pixies with pointy little ears, the pointy little Spock ears. And also pixies are often considered to have kind of a greenish blue complexion. Now, this is kind of interesting because um, one of the theories, and there are a number of theories where the term pixie comes from, but one of the theories is that it stems from a Celtic tribe um, called the Pictic tribe. And the reason that that might be one of the sources is that this tribe used to tattoo themselves blue, which is the coloration of a pixie. So maybe. So one of the coolest things I learned while I was doing research about pixies was that, you know, we all know the story of the three little pigs. But did you know that the story was originally the three little pixies? Yep, that is the truth. And in fact, it it wasn't a big bad wolf. It was a big bad fox. So basically, it's the same story, except that the three houses are, um, it's a wooden house, a stone house, and an iron house. Um, And the first two pixies, the stone house and the wood house, they they get gobbled up. Well, the fox can't get into the iron house. And so he, you know, resorts to sort of trying to lure him outside, which doesn't exactly work. But eventually he finds the, the pixie's door ajar and captures him into a little box. He puts the little pixie into a box and the pixie says, hey, hey, let me out. Of here, let me out of here. If you let me out of here, I'll tell you something really magical. And the fox is like, no way. Finally, the, the fox succumbs and you just can't resist seeing what this, this trick is. And, and so he opens it up a little bit and presto, the change places. The fox is now stuck inside the box, which is where it perishes. The end. Now, by and large, you're going to find pixies in southern England. Um, I'm not sure if they wander much beyond that. By and large, that's the area that they come from. And you're going to find them in the woods. You're going to find them typically closer to the earth. So in hollowed out stumps, underground caves, that sort of thing. So I guess the way to think about pixies are they just love and wallow in nature. Nature is their thing. They just, anything natural, anything earthy is their love. Now, there's a legend about a woman who um, had a beautiful garden. And one of the things was her garden was planted, unbeknownst to her, at a spot that was sort of sacred to pixies. It was it was an ancient pixie hangout. And she had no idea, but she decided she was going to plant her garden in this spot. It seemed to be a very lush area, seemed to be an area where things grew. And so she planted her tulips there. Now, pixies, by and large, are very shy creatures. They don't like it when people see them around. They tend to like to hide. And so a lot of times they'll come out at night. So at night, the pixies would come out and they'd see the flowers and they would sing to the woman's flowers and they would dance around it and they do little magic-y things. And then, of course, the flowers would grow and grow and grow. But that's not all. The tulips, which by and large aren't super fragrant, 
the tulips started being really fragrant, you know, the, the fragrance that a, a rose might have, in fact. And the woman, you know, the next morning, every day she'd wake up and the, and the tulips are bigger and, the, and they're more fragrant. And, and she's like, wow, amazing. Now, she suspected there might be pixie magic involved because sometimes, sometimes she would hear little voices late at night. Now, her family thought she was crazy when she would say, look, I, I heard little voices. I, I, I could swear they were singing. Um, and of course, they dismiss this, you know, mom's getting old. But um, little old lady was pretty certain she heard the pixies. Well, time passed. And eventually, on a sad, rainy day, the old lady passed away. But that's not the saddest part. The saddest part was that all her property was inherited by her son, who was who was an adult. And um, he decided, um, once he got the property, that, that you know, he didn't need flowers. Um, what he needed was vegetables. And in that plot where her flowers, beautiful tall flowers grew, he took them all out. And instead, he planted parsley. Now, this really upset the pixies. What happened to all the beautiful flowers that they spent so much time nurturing? They were suddenly gone. And instead, they're left with parsley. Well, the pixies, being mischievous at heart, decided they'd play some tricks on the old woman's son just to get back at him. Whenever he'd plan something, they would uh, do a little magic and screw it up. Maybe the soil would become too acidic. Maybe the worms would start messing with it. You know, parsley was planted, parsley wouldn't grow. Carrots were planted, carrots wouldn't grow. No matter what the old woman's son would put in there, it just wouldn't grow. Or it would grow to such a grotesque form and taste bad. It just wouldn't work. And that's all thanks to a little bit of pixie trickery. On a little hill, not far from this house, not far from the little pixie garden, um, the old woman was buried. But the son hadn't been there to visit his mom's grave in years. Years and years, in fact. It had become overgrown with weeds. In fact, you could barely even find the tombstone. Well, it said that the pixies no longer were spending time at the old parsley patch. Instead, they moved their attention to the old woman's grave. Each night, the pixies would hang out at the grave, dancing beneath the moon, singing, doing all the things they used to do at that little tulip plot. Suddenly, flowers started to sprout up on her grave. A lush lawn started forming. And so all the glory that once was in the spot where the parsley now grew was now on top of her grave. So where pixies came from, um, you know, that's a bit of a mystery in terms of mythology, in terms of, you know, where the, their origins. You know, they were an old Celtic belief. But even after Christianity moved into the British Isles, pixies were still sort of believed in. And in fact, they're still believed in today. Now, one post-Christian um, legend that I heard was that the the Pixies were actually once druids, and God cursed them for not accepting Christianity, and they were made smaller and diminutive, and, and they were stuck on earth. Now, another version was that pixies were kind of like in purgatory. They were not good enough for heaven and not bad enough for hell. So the thing is, though, it's like that doesn't seem that bad to me. I mean, these guys are, are frolicking in the woods, playing tricks, doing little bits of magic, you know, 
resting under mushrooms. I don't know. There would be worse places to be stuck. That's all I'm saying. So regardless of where these little creatures came from, um, let's sort of look into some of the things that they like to do. They love dancing. They love dancing in the moonlight. Dancing in the moonlight. La, la, la. In particular, they love to dance to the sound of crickets and frogs. And of course, they love playing tricks on people. They they love doing things like rapping on walls, sneakily rapping on walls. They like blowing out candles. So if you're, you know, if you're in your bedroom reading one night and all of a sudden the candle blows out, it was probably a pixie. Now, one of the things in particular, one of the little tricks that they particularly like to do is to lead travelers astray. Now, there's a term for this, and it's called pixie-led, or pixelated, actually, in which, you know, a traveler gets disoriented. They get, they, they're they on a familiar road, a road that they probably have traveled, you know, thousands of times, and yet somehow they get lost. Somehow they end up in a totally different place because they're under the spell of the pixies. And, and merely just for the pixies' amusement, just because the pixies can. Now, the interesting thing is there's actually a very, very easy way to free yourself from a pixie spell. And that is to turn your clothes inside out and wear it. Poof. And then no longer, um, you're, you're not lost anymore. Now, one of the ways that pixies would, would lead people astray would be what's called a pixie cult. And that would be all of a sudden you're riding your horse and all of a sudden a little colt appears and the colt starts steering your horse down to the bogs. Now, the bogs is typically where the pixies like to hang out, especially at night, because there's plenty of frogs and crickets to dance to. And so the colt, you know, though your, your horse might say, oh, cool, a colt and want to go play. It might be dark. You may not even see the colt, but the colt drifts you away and boom, you're lost down into the bogs. Now, there's another way that the pixies might lead you into the bogs. And that is by little sparkly lights. Now, some versions of the pixie tales actually have them, you know, sort of like little fireflies. And if you think of Tinkerbell, I mean, she would be like a pixie. Now, I know some of you out there want to put her in the fairy category, but but I would argue that she's actually more like a pixie. And the reason for it is she's kind of a nuisance, kind of little pesky, a little bit of a trickster element to her, though... Um, for the contrary argument of her being a fairy, I would say, yes, she does dress a little bit nice for a pixie. But regardless, um, she's a magical being. And, you know, I guess we'll leave the jury out on that. So the very first time I ever saw a firefly or lightning bug, as some people like to call them, um, was um, when I was teaching a workshop down in Saluda, North Carolina, and I was at a garden party and it was crazy. There were so many hundreds. It was I think the timing was just right because there were hundreds and hundreds of fireflies and the sun had just gone down and there were sparkles everywhere. And I have to say that if I didn't know better, I would immediately believe in in pixies and fairies and everything magical because it was such a magnificent experience. I mean, they're little insects, but they're so magically magical. I mean, it's just something something mystical about these little things. And I could easily see how, you know, if you saw something like that fluttering around, how, how couldn't you believe in things like pixies? 
And this leads us to another method that the pixies would use to lead travelers astray. Um, little bits of light that would lure travelers down into the marshes and the bogs, and then the pixies would do whatever pixies do with those lost travelers. Unless, of course, they turn their clothes inside out. Now, you might have come across a term called will-o'-the-wisps, and these are these magical lights that one sees in bogs and marshes late at night, and this is actually a natural phenomenon. It's actually methane rising, and it creates these weird glowing orbs, supernaturally looking glowing orbs. So, if you were in southern England, those glowing orbs would be the work of pixies doing their little magical spell, trying to lure travelers. Well, as it turns out, the king and queen of the pixies, yes, there's a king and a queen of the pixies, um, they're behind all these little magical lights. And the name of the queen is Joan the Wad. Now, Wad refers to like a, like, you know, a little torch, you know, so it's imagining like, you know, Joan carrying a little torch leading, leading travelers astray. Now, the king, you might be familiar with this name, is Jack O'Lantern. That's right, the glowing pumpkin guy. Um, that is actually, that name actually comes from the Pixie King, who, like his queen, uses his little glowing lights for a little bit of pixie bewilderment. Now, what they do with you once you're down in the bog, that, that remains a bit of a question because a lot of people who would come back would have no memory. Um, you know, you hear tales of children disappearing and then they come back and their parents are like, what happened to you? And they're like, I don't know. I don't know. Pixies, pixies um, abducted them, but they gave them back. But usually these incidents um, aren't nefarious. Usually nothing bad happens to the people when that happens. Usually it's fairies that cause problems. Um, but Pixies, typically, it's just a bit of mischief. Um, they just sort of, you know, do whatever pixies do and then play with people and then have a good laugh. Ha ha, that was a fun thing to do. And then the person goes back and lives their life. And the pixies had a, a, an evening of entertainment. Now, in my mind, what a pixie symbolizes is the addition of chaos. Not tremendous chaos, but a little bit of chaos. Basically, something to sort of shake up the norm. So, for instance, you have somebody, an average day person who does the average day thing, and the pixies jump in and make them do crazy things, and they're sort of ruffled and like, oh, you know, and it, it shakes up their life. It makes them view things a little differently, makes them view things, makes them see things um, they didn't expect to see, makes them do things they didn't expect to do. And that's what, that's what the pixies seem to symbolize. And it's really no different than a lot of trickster gods. You know, if you see a trickster god, and they, they're there to sort of ruffle the feathers. There's sort of, you know, basically take people astray and leave them down different paths and usually to the person's benefit. Now, in film, there's actually a term for um, a character that is sort of pixie-like and a, a character that actually um, adds chaos. And, and the term is Manic Pixie Dream Girl or Manic Pixie Dream Boy. And usually they're a romantic character that sort of jumps in with the main stiff, rigid protagonist who who lives their life and is miserable and doesn't do anything and then enter the manic pixie dream girl and suddenly the the life's changed is leading them down these crazy roads and doing all these things that they wouldn't do and then then the, you know the spell is cast and they see the world totally differently 
Now, the, the phrase is actually a more recent phrase. It was uh, coined um, from the movie um, Elizabethtown with Kirsten Dunst. But it's a character that um, has been seen time and time again. So, for instance, let me give you a few examples. So, um, my favorite version of the manic pixie dream girl is bringing up baby with Katherine Hepburn and Cary Grant. And Cary Grant is a dinosaur scientist. He's got these dinosaur bones and he's engaged and he's doing all the right thing and he's very serious and, and very flustered easily. And in comes Katherine Hepburn, who's chaotic, who's nuts, does crazy things, leads him down these crazy adventures. And of course, they fall in love. Now, another version of this um, that's a little bit off, a little bit off in terms of um, stereotypes is Harold and Maude, where you have this elderly woman in, I think, 80 or so, um, and this young boy um, who just can't, you know, he basically can't stand living. He's just miserable and dour and all this stuff. And here's this 80 year old woman. They fall in love and she takes him on this adventure to show him the beauty of nature and living and living in the chaos. Now, this character doesn't necessarily have to be a romantic character. So we'll give you a few examples. So like Ferris Bueller would be a pixie dream boy. He would be a manic pixie dream boy um, bringing his friend on a chaotic adventure. Uh, Peter Pan would be the same kind of character. Basically, it's a it's a character that adds a little bit of flavor to the boring, humdrum, monotonous day-to-day life. Now, Shakespeare fans um, will be very familiar with this character in The Midsummer Night's Dream and the character Puck, who is there to create chaos. He turns he turns people into to, to donkeys for crying out loud. He he makes people love people that they don't love. It's it's it's, it's chaos. It's mayhem. It's magic. It's it's manic pixie dream boy. Now, speaking of chaos, um, one of the stories that I came across uh, about Pixies was the story of Tom White. And this story is basically um, takes place. It's about two lovers, um, Tom and then his girlfriend, we'll call her Gwendolyn. Um, and she lives, uh, you know, in a, in a town five miles away. And of course, he doesn't have a horse. And so he has to walk back and forth, you know, five miles each way to visit his girlfriend. And so um, one night, you know, Tom is, you know, heading to see his girlfriend and to get to his girlfriend's place, he'd have to go through the the moors of Dartmoor. And so Dartmoor is actually where they have um, stone circles and pixies are said to love to dance on the stone circles. So the stone circles of like Stonehenge, for instance, those types of things. And so um, one night he's walking down to see his girlfriend heading, heading there. And all of a sudden he catches sight of a group of pixies dancing around the stones. And so he sort of just hunkers down um, in the grass, trying not to be seen because pixies hate to be seen. They don't like to be watched. They definitely don't like it when people look at them. They they want to be invisible. They don't want to be seen at all. So he's hunkered down in, you know, in the grass, watching them dance around. And then he decides he needs to sort of slip away. But as he's doing this, the pixies see him and then they grab him 
Now the pixies then form a circle around him and they start dancing around him and dancing around him faster and faster and faster. And they're dancing around him so fast that that Tom is stuck in between them and is spinning spinning like a top and spinning so fast that he's actually being levitated. He's floating the air, spinning and spinning and spinning. And the pixies do this until dawn. And all of a sudden the sun rises, he collapses, and he is exhausted. And of course, he's he's frightened, he's, he's confused, and he, he goes running back home. And, and uh, at this point, you know, he's so he's so out of it. Um, and he decides at that point that he would never, ever, ever um, allow this kind of experience to happen again. And Tom White died a bachelor. Poor Gwendolyn. And, you know, my take on the story is, I guess Tom didn't really learn a lesson from the pixie. He apparently didn't really learn to embrace the periodic chaos of life. Now, before we end this podcast, I, I there is probably a question you may have um, related to the pixies. And that question is, how did the band, the pixies, come up with their name? Well, as it turns out, it kind of fits into the whole chaos thing, because what it amounted to was them closing their eyes, taking a dictionary and running their finger into it. And lo and behold, Pixie appeared. So that's how the Pixies got their name. Was it magical? Eh, Who knows? So let me leave you with Puck's final lines in Midsummer's Night's Dream. If we shadows have offended... Think but this, and and all is mended, that you have but slumbered here while these visions did appear. And this weak and idle theme, no more yielding, but a dream. Gentles, do not reprehend. If you pardon, we will mend. And, as I am an honest puck, if we have unearned luck, now to escape the serpent's tongue, we shall amends ere long. Else pack a liar call, so good night unto you all. Give me your hands if we be friends, and Robin shall restore amends. That's it for this week's episode, everybody. Thanks for listening. Be sure to pop it again. There's going to be new tales of myth and magic popping up in the future. So uh, tell your friends. That's always helpful. And um, if you're interested, stop by my website, www.michaeldebing.com, and you can see some of the artwork that I create that might relate to what we're talking about. And if you want to delve a little further into the topic, I'll have blog posts that relate to each of these podcasts. So until we meet again, I'll be mything you.